Welcome, everybody, to the Sports Phone. Happy New Year. It is January 1st. Not only is it New Year, it's the exact first day of the year. This is always fun stuff. Welcome, everybody, to the Sports Phone here on KZYX. Jerry, that's me. I'm hanging out in Portland. Jim is hanging out in the Philo studio. Sorry for the confusion uh, with that little pre-recorded message uh, at the beginning there. But we are here, and we are ready to do the show. Jim, Happy New Year. How's it going? We are as live as we're going to get. Hey, uh, I was going to say, uh, forgot what I was going to say. Let's keep going. All right. Uh, well, I guess to get started, I had a quick question for you, and you can kind of keep it as brief or as long as you would like to. Okay. Uh, you spent, I guess not New Year's, but you spent part of your holiday uh working at the uh the fort bragg uh, basketball tournament boys and girls tournament how was that yes. i know you, you did a little bit of book a little bit of clock uh while we had tim anderson on the week before the show how was it hanging out around a bunch of basketball for for a couple of days so um it was the Vern piver um fort bragg Vern Pla- Vern piver holiday classic it's done um over the the uh, school break, the uh, winter break, every every year, and I say the highlight for me being there. I, I spent at least eight hours in the gym. I did that uh, two different times, and uh, I think sitting with Betty Piver, the name of the tournament, the wife of Vern Piver, sure, uh, sure, up in the stands when Fort Bragg. I, I assume she was going to come. This is an amazing uh, sports family, Vern Piver and Betty Piver. Um, the thing that got me is they, they always went to Fort Bragg. They, they have their own seats, like, given to them. They have these seats behind the Fort Bragg bench. I'm sure they have it in football games, too. And I remember when I met Vern that I said, well, you guys are really good fans. And then I realized whenever Fort Bragg wasn't, I don't know if you remember this, Jar, whenever Fort Bragg wasn't at a home game during basketball season, and if, say, it was a Tuesday night and they were on the road and Mendocino was at home, they'd show up at our game. Do you remember that? Yep, Did you, I do. You met the guy, right? Vern Piver? Yes, briefly. Briefly. Yeah, he played times. pro baseball. He, oh, and he probably refed some of your middle school or high school games at one level. I don't I don't know exactly when he died. But um, anyway, uh, it was a great basketball tournament. I thought it was, you know, mediocre talent. There's some. You were here when there was some... I think much better teams. They're recovering from COVID. They have some new teams in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the highlights for me was watching Fort Tim Anderson's team, the Fort Bragg girls varsity team. They played a fairly weak Windsor, but Windsor is D1. So that means the school has 2,700 people or more in it and something like that. And uh, Tim's team lost by uh, two. Or they lost by four, and they were they were down two. They were in it. They were in it all the way. They were in it all the way. I watched that game, so yeah. it was sort of fun to see what what I told Tim is to see a, a well coached Tim Anderson team um, hang in there with players that were clearly better than his players. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah I loved it. 
Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. Glad, glad you had a good time. I always have enjoyed going to that tournament. Uh, it's one of the things I like to do when I do have the chance and I'm around. But welcome, everybody, to the first 2023 edition of the Sports Phone. Really looking forward to things today. Jim and I have a full plate of stuff. We've got a very exciting show uh, for everybody today. Um, but if you are new to the show, let me give you a quick rundown of how this is going to work. Uh, this is what we've been doing last year, and we're going to continue to do it this year. Uh, so the Sports Phone, this is an open forum sports talk show. Very simply put, if you've got something you want to talk about that's sports-related, uh, give us a call, and Jim and I want to talk about it. We love talking sports in our day-to-day lives, and we like to open up the phone lines to KZYX uh, and let you, the listeners, call in and talk about whatever you'd like to talk about, pro, high school, college, pro you know, rec league stuff, as long as it's sports related, we want to talk about it. We want to hear about it. So we look forward to taking your phone calls as we get rolling here on the, on the show. Like I said, we got a good, good plate of, uh, of, of stuff to talk about, but if you've got anything you want to talk about, feel free to give us a call and change the subject at any time. Before we get into any calls or anything else, it's time for the trivia question of the week. I am on a roll, Jim, with good questions since the fiasco of the red card question from several weeks ago. Uh, I've been on a roll with some good ones, and I think I got another good one for everybody this week. This is a really simple question, but I liked it. So uh, for the listeners out there, I would like to know the quiz question for the week. I would like to know every number that Michael Jordan wore in an NBA game. And if you know the answer to that question, you can give a call 707-895-2448. Again, I would like to know uh, every jersey number that Michael Jordan wore uh, in an NBA game. Whether whether it was with the uh no, don't 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 expand on that. I want to know every jersey he wore in in an NBA game. Okay. Got that's, it. That's the question. All right. You know what else we're going to do tonight? Well, should we? Well, no. Let, let, let's let's go quickly into one of our new section uh, segments, Jer. Sure. And and it, um, if someone wants to call with with something about these players, well, the phones are open. Call anytime you want. If you're ready to answer the trivia question, give us a call. But seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. The phone lines are open. We have a new segment given by Philo Bill, and um, it is remembering somebody so it only we only do it when someone someone a, a famous sports uh figure dies and there's two in the last since the last show so it's been two weeks so there's been t- been two one was franco harris um he's a football player mm-hmm. and pretty famous uh running back right here yep and oh, was there was there more or no we... they're just uh, okay. and then Oh, almost overshadowing any sports figure in in the world that could have died. I mean, I was shocked two days ago, and this came up every every national, every sports news. Pele, um, Pele, the soccer legend, died, and he's one of those people that you may have never watched a soccer game in your life, but you've heard of Pele. And uh, what was Pele's real name, Jer? Uh, I think that. Was uh, no, that is not true. Um, Edson Arantes do Nascimento. I think. I think I got that right. Well, there's my first question for our soccer fans: Is uh, where did the name? It was pay- close. I was close. <laughs> where it's the- a Portuguese name because he's from Brazil and Brazil speaks Portuguese. And where does Pele come? Is that does that mean? Do you know what that uh, it's means? His, uh, it's his nickname. No, oh, I know that. I wonder how that. So that's our first question. Could have been a trivia question. Is how did Pele get his nickname? Okay, 
Nice. Sorry. And then Franco Harris, um, he had a few big plays in the NFL. I, I don't know. Pittsburgh Steelers? Uh, more, more than a few big plays. Four-time Super Bowl champion, offensive Jeez. rookie of the year, uh, all t- uh, first-team All-Pro in 1977, nine-time Pro Bowler, rushing touchdown leader in 1976, and a member of the NFL's 1970s All-Decade team. <laughs> okay. So a little bit more. A little bit more than just a good running well, back. I sort of figured that, Jerry, because if I heard of a football player, they probably did a lot of good things because I don't know a lot of football players. Yeah. And now, now give me if you can list that for Franco Harris, what do you say about Pele? I mean, best soccer player in the history of soccer, I, I think is the simplest way to, to, to say it. Uh, 700 career appearances, uh, 655 career goals, 92 career international appearances, 77 career goals. Uh, I, I could go on and on. But three it, World uh, Cups, right? That's won a- three World Cups, 1958, 1962, and 1970. Uh, top goal scorer, joint top goal scorer for Brazil historically was the 77 goals in those 92 games. Uh, club level, he's the all-time goal scoring leader for one of the clubs that he was at uh, where he scored 643 goals right, in 659 games, enough. which is nuts to think about in soccer. You're averaging basically a goal a game. Whoa. That is ridiculous that, that, that's wild wild stuff and you know i always say you know I, and and this this brought up something with me and and i think you and i have had these conversations before um it always comes up with someone we got will chamberlain set every record back in the day you know in in, in basketball but then you want to argue well the game wasn't as good back then so maybe the players now are are, are better than them and and you know, so now I say, you know, here we got people like Messi and Ronaldo. Was the competition just as good back there with Pele? Or are these guys, Messi and Ronaldo, current superstars, are they as good as Pele and are they playing against better players? That That's always the unanswerable question on, in who was the greatest, isn't it? Yeah, it's the ultimate question of like, oh, well, if you put this player in this era, you put this team in this era, what would happen? You don't know. We'll never know. Uh. It's uh, it's an impossible question to answer. Um, makes it, uh, yeah, but it's what makes that debate fun. It's what makes those arguments enjoyable, and why you see them on, Hello. on so many levels. Hello, you're on the sports phone. Ah, happy New Year! Happy How New Year, are you Vince? guys doing? Hey. Well, Vince, First caller well. of 2023. Did you do that on purpose? Well, I, I figured, what the heck, you know? Phones were open. <laughs> I thought I'd jump on in. You guys talked about some good stuff. I think I'll throw another a name out there of someone who passed away in the sports world, which you guys might not know as well, but Mike Leach was a really uh-huh. well-renowned uh, college football coach who yeah. also uh, passed away recently. And on Franco Harris, probably one of the most famous plays in NFL history, the Immaculate Reception which won a playoff game against the Raiders with 22 mm-hmm. seconds left where a ball bounced off or was tipped off another player, and Harris scoops it just before it hits the turf and runs it in for uh, like a 40- or 50-yard touchdown or something. He's, uh, the guy so. that, he's the guy that did that? I remember seeing that play. Yep, that huh. was him. Wow. And what position was he playing when he did that? Running, he was a running back. He's running so, back, yeah. yeah, running back. He yeah. was just he was just right place, right time to, oh, okay. to catch right the place, right time. Yep, and oh. and had had great awareness, you know, great awareness. 
Uh, I'll also attempt to answer your trivia question. Oh, here we go. All right. Go for it, Vince. What were Michael Jordan's so, uh, uh, jersey numbers? Obviously 23. Mm-hmm. 45. Mm-hmm. And I know that he had to wear number 12 once because his jersey was stolen. Ooh. And that's what I've got. I don't, I don't know if he wore a different number with the Wizards. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. Jim? Uh, wasn't quite prepared here, but now I'm, <laughs> now I'm ready. I, know, I, knew, no! I, had a feeling, I had a feeling I was missing one. Well, hang on. Now Jim's pressing the wrong, the wrong sound effects. That's he, the correct answer. He got them all? Oh. Yeah. I thought he missed one. No. Oh, this is all falling apart. New year and the whole show's falling apart. Yes, those are the three numbers, 23, 45, and 12. And he wore 12 in one game against the Orlando Magic because his jersey was stolen out of the locker room before the game. I just rang the bell, Jerry. I know you can't hear the bell. I just rang the bell. Okay, good, good. So apologies for your incorrect sound effect. And Vince, he's always proud to say, so we might as well say it for him, he doesn't look up the answers. If he can't get them, he doesn't. If he can't get them without looking them up, he. Uh, I don't. I don't. Don't he, even try. He doesn't even, try. even that, try. That's that's always yeah. pretty impressive. Um, well, you got to get lucky though on some of these, like that number twelve. I just happen to remember that as a magic, right. you know, kind of pseudo magic fan uh, growing up in Florida. I remember that game. So, so twenty three, um, forty five, and twelve. That that's yes. that's the answer that I had written down. Yeah. All right. So he did wear 23 with the Wizards? That was, I think it's what he wore with the Wizards. Okay. Oh, I, that was the one that I was like, ah, I don't remember if he switched numbers when he went to that, when he went there, but I, I just, so I wasn't positive on that. But, What's uh, the story with the 45? That's the one he wore when he first came back from baseball. Oh, he, okay. Yeah, yeah. He had reasons I don't know off the top of my head, but uh, that was what he first wore when he came back uh, from his baseball stint. Huh. All right, so what else you got for us, Vince? Well, let's see here. <laughs> the phones I mean, are open, by the way, 707-895-2448. We're talking to to our first caller here, Vince. Um, uh, before you say I, anything, I mean, we, go ahead. We, we mentioned it two weeks ago where, you know, I asked if you were going to do the end of the year uh, wrap since you were, you were skipping the, the Christmas weekend. Um, and you mentioned you're going to do it here at the beginning of the year. So, you know, I'd be curious to hear what you guys are, you know, what are your top three or five sporting events of, or stories of the year of 2022. Sure. Um, obviously, I think we all can put Brittany Griner on our list as far as a pretty crazy sports person having a story, you know, uh, being detained and eventually being released, you know, so, a, 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 you know, kind of a bad story with a happy ending. Um, you know, for me, the, the World Cup, you know, actually was, was exciting. There were some great matches that had a lot of controversy for it being held where it was held. So I thought that was a really big event, obviously, this, this year. Um, as a baseball fan, Aaron Judge hitting uh, 62 home runs and setting the American League record 60 years after it was set is, you know, was pretty amazing. Um, those are kind of my top three, you know, really for big, big impactful stories, 
I could probably dig a little deeper and have three or four more, but I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say and, and what other people have to say. So what, Yeah, what, for, for sure. So this this was something that uh, – or not something. This is something I think a lot of sports people do. It's an easy thing to do, but I think it's really fun. Uh, biggest stories of the sports year for 2022. Uh, as Vince mentioned, I put together a list. Jim put together a list. Uh, Vince put kind of threw his top three out there. If anyone has any of their favorite sports stories of 2022 – Feel free to give us a call and mention them. They don't have to be national sports stories. I think Jim is going to have a couple on his list that are local things. Um, anything yeah, yeah. from the sports world in 2022 that stands out, uh, feel free to give a call and, and mention them. Uh, Vince, I not only have a top three, I have a top ten. I wrote ten down. Oh, nice. uh, Jim, I don't know how many you have. I don't know if we want to just throw them out there and then if one stands out, we can unpack them. I don't. We don't. There's no real format for this. Well, I, I had I had Aaron Judge down. It was interesting. Sure. Um, you know, I, I don't. I'm not an avid reader like uh, you and, and and Vince are. But but um, and one of the websites you told me to check out for for these kind of things. I um I started reading about Aaron Judge and um. This writer, I think it was a New York Times writer or an ABC Sports writer, somebody made the argument that the way Judge did this right now, when he did it, may be the best hitting season in the history of baseball. Better than Barry Bonds, better than than the, 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 what he did this year, all things told. And I can't remember what all the things were, but, you know... Um, the non-steroid or hopefully non-steroid era, um, the hits, the RBIs, the batting average. Yeah. That, this yeah. Was, it, it, he, he almost had a triple crown. Right. This this may be the best yeah. hitting season ever. That, that's what this article said. So, you know, being a Yankee fan, I, I followed that closely. And Brittany Griner, Vince brought that one up too, Jared. Um, I, I don't know how many times I can say the same thing about that story i mean we we've we've we already sort of finished that one you know not that long ago yeah because yeah. The, the 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 end of it was december 8th when she got when she got released so it's we very kind of recently went through that so to speak i like the fact that she has dunked since she's been home yeah. Yeah. she went into a gym gym and slam dunked first i believe she was the first woman to uh, slam dunk and and in a game, so no, any game. That's, that's not true. That's not true. No. Okay. Yeah. Um. So she did that, and uh, pretty much guaranteed she's going to be there in May. So that that's about the end of that one. Um. To to put a little bow on that, Lisa Leslie was the first person to get a dunk down at a WNBA ah, game. It was right, two thousand two. Right. So Brittany Griner didn't do it before she was in the NBA. But you asked the first time in the WNBA. First woman to dunk in a game. That's what I was getting at. Oh, I, I no idea. I know that Lisa <laughs> Leslie was the first one in the WNBA. I will bet you it's one of those two. <laughs> yeah, probably. Bet. I mean, Leslie's a lot older than Griner, so I would still stick with her. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, where, where do you want to go from here, Jerry? Sh should I say the... the I, uh, I have a couple of rapid-fire ones. Go ahead. Okay, go. so this goes back to the 2021-2022 NBA season. So it's not the current NBA season that this happened in, but it was in the but it was in this calendar year. That's so I had to clarify that. Um, so I Desmond Bain, I just thought this was too funny. On February second, so on two two, 
Desmond Bain in his second NBA season shot twenty. So again, two two. Desmond Bain is on his in his second year in the NBA. He shot twenty two point two percent from the field with two fouls, two turnovers, two assists, two steals, all while wearing number twenty two. That is the stupidest sto- <laughs> story. I thought it was funny. It's funny. It's it's absolutely bizarre. Yeah, it's absolutely a yeah. bizarre one. That's that's why I thought it was worth mentioning. Run that by me again. Now that I know what you were getting okay. at. Okay. So so on February second, so two two of the year twenty twenty two, Desmond Bain is in his second year in the NBA. So okay. that's another two, and in that game, shot twenty two point two percent from the field, Which committed two good. fouls, had two turnovers. Had two assists, two steals, and he did that with the jersey number twenty-two. Wow! Well, it's it's <laughs> absolutely ridiculous and means nothing. But I, I thought it was—I thought it was a funny so, one. So here's a here's a quick little one for you. Uh, Georgian Wells was the first woman to dunk in an NCAA basketball game in 1984. There you go. So, so that's the first person in an NCAA game. Yes. In an NCAA game. And where did you, when did you say Lisa Leslie dunked here? 2002. Huh, okay. Yeah, that was the <laughs> Um, How tall was she, Vince? Do you know? Uh, uh, she here. Uh, not giving me uh, six foot seven. Wow. Okay. 707-895-2448. Kind of into the meat of the show here. Jim and I are just going through some of our favorite stories of the biggest stories of the 2022 year. Uh, Vince is hanging out with us as well for the moment, so uh, feel free to give us a call if you've got anything you want to talk about or you have any major sports stories or your favorite <laughs> sports stories from 2022 that you'd like to mention as well. I've got to mention this one. I'm, I'm going to go with Clear Lake football. Yeah. yeah. In, in either November or December, whenever they finished, um, we also had um, Mark Corey um Coach for Clear Lake football on the uh, on the show right after he did this, but he wins the he wins the uh, NCS championship with a fifty six fifty five game over Saint somebody Saint Vincent. Jerry, was that what it was? I private school and yeah. moves on to go to the state championship and finally loses. I mean, it's just, it's, it's furthest than I've ever seen a football team go in, in, um, um, and just, you know, having him on and, and hearing how exciting it was and how they pulled off this just craziest, uh, football score I've ever heard in high school, 56, 55, Winning on a two-point conversion, and and I, uh, when I was uh, at the Fort Bragg Holiday Classic, I actually did the the book for Clear Lake's boys team, Clear Lake's girls team, and sitting next to me doing the book for Clear Lake was a superintendent of schools for Clear Lake. Oh, very cool. Yeah, so they all were so proud of of um, Mark Corey and, and that football team. And um, so, so anyway, that that's that's what I got for the biggest sports story, local sports story in 2021, the success of the Clear Lake Cardinals football team. Sure, no, I, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, 
Okay, uh, I have I have several more, and like I said, if we can kind of go through these, or if we want to spend some time unpacking them, we can we can keep we can uh, we can do that. So my next one is it's my last kind of silly one, and then we'll we'll get into some of the, the more serious stuff. If I throw out the name Dawson Gurley to either one of you, does that name mean anything? Not me. Nope, Vince. I would remember. Nope. I would remember that game. That do either of well, it's not, yeah. Do either of you remember the Clay Thompson lookalike story from this year? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so Dawson Gurley. This is a great story. Was, yeah, Dawson Gurley. Uh, he he has a YouTube channel called Big Doss TV. Has eight point six nine million subscribers. Uh, <laughs> wow. This this happened back in June of this year. He's really well known on the internet for being a Warriors fan and also looking a lot like Clay Thompson. And so he managed to fool Warriors security, I'm going to go ahead and say. Yeah. Snuck on, not only through security, got into the Warriors locker room and got onto the floor and took shots in warmups before anyone realized that this was not actually Clay Thompson. He was then he was then subsequently banned from the arena for all Warriors games for life for this. They should have given uh, him an award for that. I so, mean, it, so no harm, no yeah. foul. Come on. That's that's what I look back on this and think about is that this guy's got such a big social media presence. Why not? The, why did the Warriors not embrace that and do something with it instead of banning yeah. him for life? Maybe, maybe they just felt embarrassed by it. But I was going through stories and there was all this stuff, and I remember, oh my gosh, this happened this year. He didn't sneak on either. He just walked right in. Right. Yeah. And so that's the quote, uh, and and then I'll let you you both jump in again. So the quote he had when he was kind of asked about this, like, hey, you snuck in. He said, technically, I didn't trespass. I talked to security. Went through metal detectors and walked right into the building. They welcomed me with open arms. I also never claimed that I was Clay Thompson. Vince, let me take another call. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Great one to end it on. Thanks. Hello, you're on the air. Vince, let me take another call. <laughs> Please turn down, turn down your radio. You're live, and we're hearing seven seconds ago. Okay, I think it's turned down. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. Everything you guys have said is correct. I, I, I was wondering if 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 Jordan's number nine for Team USA was was in the the mix, but mostly Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is really kind of my sports story and what I want to talk about because I'm he's ready. killing it, right? I'm ready. I don't know who he is. You so, tell me about Brock Purdy and Jerry. You do your research. Yeah. So, so caller, I, do you want me to set the table for any listeners that aren't familiar with that name? Do you want to go ahead and take the reins on that? I, I have stuff I will say about him as a as a Raider fan. I am very recently familiar with Brock, with Brock Purdy. Um, but if today you, want to you are, yes, yeah, yes, absolutely. Um, no, um, Trey Lance, uh, the Forty ers traded three first round draft boys draft picks, sorry, uh, to get Trey Lance, and uh, he got hurt this year, and luckily they had, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo backing him up, but then he got hurt, and they bring in this uh, Mr., what do they call it, the 262nd pick, uh, Mr. 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 
Mr. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. Last pick yeah, the yeah, yeah. And and he he hasn't lost a game. His yeah. his quarterback rating is in the hundreds, and he came back against the Raiders today, uh-huh. which I think is what uh, we were referring to when we were talking about the Raiders today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I call. I'll admit I am not a. I'm not a big 49ers fan. Like with the Bay Area teams, or what was when there used to be two Bay Area teams. I've I've been a Raiders fan for for a long time. Um, what what I but I, I follow the story enough because it was such. It's because of who the 49ers are and how good they've been this year. I I followed it enough. What I was impressed by with this game for for Purdy was. He has been in such a good spot where everyone kind of agrees that the 49ers have the best roster in football. And so he's kind of just been able to kind of not coast along, but he's only really had to game manage because he's been ahead so much in so many games. Yeah, I I get that, but but that's what kind of makes me angry is is just people say just get the ball to your weapons. But isn't that all a quarterback is supposed to do? That's what. Well, no, that, that's what I was going to. Weapons. It's a definition. I mean, that's he is it. throwing the ball all over the field. He looks incredible. Right, and, and that's what I was going to. That's what I where I was getting with that was this was the first time he had to play from behind since he was a starter, and he looked just as good playing from behind as he did playing with those leads. He was so, behind, he was behind I, I, on the Raiders. Yes, they, they they were they were down ten at oh, one point. Okay. So I was super. Raiders best game of the year, I think, yeah, in my absolutely. opinion. By the yeah. way, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, and that's why I was so impressed with him today was that he didn't he didn't have that blank that comfort blanket of oh, I can just hand the ball off, do a bunch of easy stuff because we're ahead. They were behind, and he had to make plays and throw throw deeper passes down the field, and he he looked really good. You know, I think. They at least have to consider what it, there's a conversation the 49ers have to have have to have at the end of this year. Like, what do we do with this guy now? Is is he the quarterback still? Like, they have to figure that out, and that's that's a praise that's praise to Brock Purdy for how well he's played. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. We're taking calls. What, um, one wait, last wait a minute. Point, before, if I haven't been cut off. No, you're you're is, still you're still on. I my my question is, for, is I got a Brock Purdy uh, uh, jersey for my birthday. Nice, I love it. Because I used to wear thirteen in high school. Oh wow, love it. And Brock Purdy, just and I love him. Just for other people like like me, Jer, give me um, Brock Purdy is the second string quarterback for the 49ers who had to step in. He's the he's the third string quarterback that had to step in after two injuries as a rookie and was the very last pick in the NFL draft this year. As a rookie, wow, wow. First round, last pick. No, no, the no, very last, last pick, pick overall. Wow, that no, that is an. The, I have a lot more respect just in the last uh, thirty seconds. And you told me about this guy. I, I, I don't think a lot of people, except Forty Nine er fans, know who Brock Purdy is. Or, or is this a big? Is this a Jeremy Limbs type story, Jer? I mean, is is it that big? Is uh, is it all over the? Yeah, when you're the 49ers. I think this is going to be this is going to be bigger this this has potential huh. to be now I'm being hyperbolic here, but I think this is 
This is, you know, Tom Brady-ish, maybe. Potentially. I, I'm not making that claim. Give me, I, I, I'm not saying he's Tom Brady, but Tom Brady was fifth round from Michigan, and nobody thought he was going to do anything. Hmm. Sure, yeah. sure. Huh. Well, thanks for the call. That, that That's wonderful. That So that's your top story of the year, caller? I think so. I think so. Um, that's... Um, if, if, if not that, I, w- I would say it was one of the um, two underdog uh, finalist in 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 the World Cup. Yeah. So yep. yes, yep. there's 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 tons this year. So I I'm I'm out. And thank you for taking my call. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. That was a great call. Yeah, that was a good one. Okay. Uh, oh, by the way, Jerry, I, I I got a another. Uh, so you that guy that did number two for everything. He had war number twenty two. Got two of this, two of that, two of this, two mm-hmm. two of that. Uh, I got a text message here said he probably went number two right before the game. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, and I got another text message here that says, what, you know, because I actually did, I, if there's any football team I follow, it's the Raiders because of you. Um, what about Derek Carr? What's the story? Is he going to be even with the Raiders anymore? That's a long conversation. Uh, and I don't know if we want to totally derail top stories of 2022. No, no, I don't. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't want he, to derail it. Yeah, uh, it's it's very questionable who he's going to play for next year if he's going to okay. play at all. All right. Uh, yeah, I think we can kind of leave it at that. 707-895-2448. Give us a ring if you've got anything you want to talk about in the sports world. Uh, Jim and I are going through our list of top sports stories of 2022. Uh, if you've got any major stories that you uh, that stand out to you that you'd like to talk about, feel free to bring those up. Or you can uh, call and talk about anything else going on on the sports Was phone. Was Brock Purdy on your list? No. No. That's an incredible story now that, now that I'm really unpacking it. I'm not as convinced as that caller. No, convinced uh, I'm of very what? impressed with him, but I'm not as convinced that he's that. I think uh, it, it's hard without going into a lot of football stuff with this, and a lot of this is just kind of going to be me regurgitating uh, things that the national sports world says. But the way the 49ers play, you don't need a a great quarterback in the sense of you don't need a quarterback that can be a that can be Superman. It's that's not how they play. So if there was any system that was going to set up a, a a the dead last pick in a draft that's a rookie to be successful, he'd be this guy. Huh. To, to, like so because of where he was, not who he is. Yeah, the classic the classic huh. part of this, I would say. And again, this, I'm not taking anything away from him. He's he, he hasn't lost a game as a starter. Partway through the third quarter, he had 39 passing yards. Today? And they were and they were in the game down. I think they were down down three or seven at that point. Huh. Well, yeah. yeah again, he, I'm not taking anything away from his record. I could see how, I could see how this isn't as big of a story as a Brittany Griner or a, no. no. Uh, Serena Williams retired this yeah. year. Is this did did Federer retire this year too, or is, are we a year past that? Yes. No. They both they both retired this year. I only wrote down Serena Williams because I knew you would write down Roger Federer. You could make an argument that they're two of the top players in their gender ever, both of yes. them. 
Yes. I mean, and and you don't have to hate Serena Williams to to not admit that. You don't have to hate I, Roger Federer to to admit that. I'm not talking about you, Jerry. I'm talking about anybody. I um, think the debate of who's the best female tennis player of all time is ridiculous because I think if anyone says it's not Serena Williams, I just think they're wrong and they and they're they're just wrong. I, I, that, that's my opinion on that. So on that I, I think I, I think now that we're saying greatest of all time, I and I and and I'm a Big Federer uh, fan. Uh, the way he played tennis to to me was just like um, just beautiful. And but I I do admit that Serena Williams has a stronger case of being the best female ever than Roger Federer does having the best yes. male ever. Yes, and I I take it as far as and I've I've said this before. I'm not a huge tennis fan, but I I watch enough tennis to be aware of it. I have made the case that regardless of of gender. In comparison to competition, Serena Williams is the most dominant tennis player of all time. Uh, I'll, I'll agree with that. Hello, caller on the air. You got a list for us? No, I just have one thing. I Ooh. started making a list, and then I found something on the. I did find it on the internet, and it was so crazy that I think. So what it's what it is is, we thought the Winter Olympics ended, you know, months ago, but. The Winter Olympics officially just ended two weeks ago because there was an argument that went on over a cross-country, a women's cross-country ski race that lasted one minute and 15 seconds. But the bronze medal for this event was held up in a fight for 10 months. What do you mean a fight? Was held up in a in a in a fight between Germany's oh. um, co- uh, com- Germany's per- woman and Switzerland's competitor, and they they awarded it to one, and then the other one appealed it, and they awarded it to the other one, and then the one I, it just went on and on until just two weeks ago. I thought that was that was my top craziest thing. Was that, that on your list, Jer? Uh, no, I was totally unaware this was even a thing. Huh? Yeah. That is that is a wild one. I, what I thought Apparently you meant. You can, or, sorry, go ahead. Jeff. What I thought you meant, caller, was that that is a really close third place race, and the way you said it, I thought you meant these two women got in a fight while they were while 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 they were skiing or whatever they were doing. No, they they didn't. <laughs> they didn't get in a fight. One of them during the race. Um, I can't remember, collided with something or somebody, and and so instead of being third, that pushed the other one into fourth, and and then it just goes on and on. It was crazy. So, oh, so there was I, I a just, legal battle about who won, basically. Yeah, that went on until just two weeks ago. What do you got, Jer? Apparently you can get a yellow card in cross-country skiing. That's oh, my come biggest on. takeaway from this story. I'm reading it. Making that up. <laughs> was pushed okay. off the Thank podium due to being given a yellow here. card. Thank you, Carla. When she, appe- when she appeared to impede the movement of this other skier. <laughs> so she got... So she got. That's e- my biggest takeaway from this story is that apparently you can give yellow cards in skiing. <laughs> now, you mean she was reprimanded or do they actually call it a yellow card? It's. Uh, it says given it was... Taken off the podium, so not was deemed not the third place finisher because she was given a yellow card due to this incident in the race. Huh. So, and this was cross country skiing. 
Yeah. Prospect no, no, no. I th- but wasn't this not the kind they do for time? If I remember, I heard a little bit about this. This was a race. But isn't this, this like a one-on-one race where you get where you eliminate somebody? I don't think it was one-on-one because I, I read like three or four different names. Everyone I don't think was, it was okay. One-on-one. Yeah, All right, yeah. let me take a call. You're on the air. Hello, young Tim Anderson checking in. Hi, Tim Hi, Anderson. Tim. Hey, hey. Uh, I think one of the it's not going to happen in 2022 because it just ended. But I think one of the biggest sports stories in 2023 for me, being a basketball fan, is. Um, LeBron's going to break Kareem's all-time scoring record, which I thought was untouchable. It sure seemed like that when he played into his 40, 41, and 42. And now LeBron's... Well, he also had to play four years of college. you got to remember that. So um, he started a little bit later than LeBron, but it's all about longevity, Tim. It's, 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 um, he's just going to play long enough to do it. <laughs> yeah, he's 38 and averaging 28 points a game. Like it's it's crazy. And he, I, yeah, what? Yeah, the, how, my, my progression, Tim, with this was it was one of those things where it kind of goes to to what you were just saying. Of now, it's no longer a is he going to do it. It's well, he's going to. It's just a matter of when. And I I had this progression of people started talking about it. I was like no one's breaking Kareem's record. Settle down. And then then he kind of kept getting playing at a high level. It's like. He's getting closer, being LeBron, but he's getting older. He's going to tail off at some point. It, that, that just hasn't happened. This people oh, keep waiting great. for LeBron to get, and he just hasn't gotten old yet. I, I know, and and he, he hasn't it's gone wild. through that phase where he just became a shooter because he was getting old. You know, there's right. some players that did. He's he is still basically using the strengths that he had. Plus, he's added a, a little better shooting um, in in recent years. So yeah. um, I, I don't know what to think. Um, I'll uh, count it. I'll uh, count it as a 2022 story, though. 2020. How, how are we justifying this as a 2022 story just because he's getting close in 2022? Well, it's a 22-23 season. Yeah, he's going to do it this Oh, season. I see. I see. And yeah, I'll count that. Tim, were you listening earlier? If not, well, either way, um, I want to congratulate you now that I have you on live um, I was I, I came back and watched one of your games in the Vern Piver tournament. By the way, you, people listening, this is Tim Anderson, coach uh, for Fort Bragg boys for multiple, multiple, 15, 20 years. Now he's coaching Fort Bragg girls varsity basketball. And when he sounds like he does today, that's because he just was coaching uh, recently and his voice is a little... <laughs> three, little three days in a row. Three days in a row. His voice is a little bit hoarse. Um, but I watched... Tim's team play a Division One school, um, Windsor, and I mean the difference of over twenty five hundred and and um, over four or two ninety nine to four ninety nine, whatever D four is that Fort Bragg is, and to be in that game and be down by two with a few minutes left, and just barely lose to that team, when I'm going to say it over the air. Their players were clearly better than your players, in my opinion. And you still, through hustle, out-rebounding, and just pure um, teamwork, um, almost almost uh, beat this Windsor team. We did. It was darn close. That girl had ice in her veins. She went 8-for-8 eight eight down the stretch from the free-throw line. Um, Th- that number, that, the number that I told you to watch out for? 
she went exactly. eighth. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Huh. So uh, just right. to, to give uh, thanks to all the people that, that help host a tournament when you've got uh, 16 teams running in a tournament for three days, there's a lot of, of stuff that, that goes on behind the scenes. And there was, uh, you know, snack shacks and hospitality rooms and T-shirts. And there's just uh, the community in Fort Bragg uh, stepped up huge to make it a very successful event. And it's one that many people comment it's the best tournament they go to as far as how they're taken care of. And that's due to the uh, generosity and hospitality of our community. And a big kudos to, to us for, for taking care of people so well when they come to visit. Well, thanks, Tim. I, I, I like your uh, number one story, too. Let's, uh, should we keep on with this, Jer? Oh, yeah. I got more. I have six or seven more. You want to hang with us until there's another call? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's hear it. Go ahead. Go ahead, okay. Jer. Tell uh, me another funny one. You want to? Oh, I don't really have a fun one. Uh, okay, no, it's true. I do have a funny one, and we never got to this story. Uh, so again, uh, for the next kind of fifteen minutes or so here, Jim and I, and whoever's on the line with us in this case, it's Tim. We're talking about uh, our favorite or top sports stories from twenty twenty two. So we never got to this story, but I'm keeping it on my list. Jim and I had this as something we were going to talk about if we ever needed it. Uh, we never did. We're going back to. Tennessee playing Alabama uh, in October in college football. Uh, Tennessee pulls the upset over what I believe was then, uh, or they, they were number three at that point, number three Alabama. The response from Tennessee in terms of their celebration was not only did the crowd storm the field, not only did they, you know, mob the players and stuff, the fans took the goalposts, removed them from the structures, Carried them out of the stadium and How is there a threw door them big in the to river. <laughs> the way, keep going, Jerry. Before right, Tim so asks any they questions the about this, at, they got the goalposts <laughs> out of the stadium and threw them in the Tennessee River. <laughs> that's I, that's a good that's a good story. I don't know what else there is to say about it. Like the only thing my reaction was was like, what's going through the. This is like ultimate mob mentality. Is whose idea was it to like? Oh, this is how we're going to celebrate. We're going to take the goalposts and we're going to chuck them in the river. You think it could have been spur of the moment? I, I don't. It's hard to say what goes through the minds of a bunch of silly twenty-year-olds, uh, uh, probably altered and. Crazy I'm going to say. I'm going to say it's, like, it started at some sort of frat house. Like to. Like, Tim, you've won a fair amount of championships in your life. Imagine if the crowd had come out of there, come out of the stands, gotten a, gotten a wrench and, a dr and some drills, and just started taking apart the hoop after a basketball game. <laughs> and like, well, there's the cutting down of nets. I mean, it's, it's quite yeah. a bit less. But Now, uh, I forgot, Jared. Was this the winning team or the losing team? That it was the winning team. This was winning how they team. celebrated. <laughs> But it's someone else's. I, I wasn't paying attention. I admit it. Of course um, you were. This was no. This was in Tennessee. <laughs> this was how the Tennessee crowd celebrated their win. Oh, at home. At home. Yeah. Jeez. And then the follow up to this story. This is the better part, in my opinion. In the follow up to it, the athletic department did a public fundraiser to raise money to replace the goalposts. 
public fundraiser. Yeah. Now, obviously, I think they were going to put up a, the most of the money. So I think some of it was kind of symbolic. And But at the same time, it was just funny that an SEC football team with more money than they probably know how to spend was asking the public to donate money for their Yeah, nuclear. how many tens of millions of dollars did they get for that TV, for that nationally televised game? Oh, I... Huh. Maybe it's a thing. Maybe it's something that has Wait. been done before, but I had never heard of it. And when I saw this story, it was too good. Hmm. Yeah, we got a text here saying it happened in 1998 that the same Tennessee fans have done this before. What is that? Okay. 26 years ago? So maybe it's a tradition. Jeez, 20. <laughs> Beat Alabama, throw the goalposts in the river. I well, I don't think beating Alabama happens all that often. So hey, maybe there you go. That was that's the last fair. Time it uh, happened. That's fair. Yeah. Wow. Uh, okay. So I have a. I have a more. I have another serious one. If we want to. Yeah, we I've, don't have I've, any calls, Jim. I'm actually past mine. Um, I, I I'm done with it after the Clear Lake football one because all the one Vince said, Judge Griner, I got Serena. Sure. And the, the golf one. I got the live golf one. Um, so I I, I want to. Challenge potentially it. get to that one. Yeah, challenge of uh, the way I would unpack it or just announce it is, whoever thought Tim, you're a little younger than me. Jerry's a lot younger than me. Would you ever think that there would be a challenge to the word, just to the the slogan PGA golf? I sort of assumed that was it for the rest of my life. <laughs> but there, right? But you uh, think back sometimes, like you know, the ABA, the American Basketball Association, and different the the canadian football league yeah. people have made little plays here and there to try to form uh, their own organizations you know ncaa and naia um as far as colleges go uh it's not that i'm un- uncommon for there to be a, a a different thing but i golf is so um uh i don't know so much history about it that it is an interesting challenge for sure yeah and, and for me one of the things i always think about with these like leagues that kind of come up to challenge the the status quo a lot of the times those leagues fail or one of the reasons they have they fail is because of financial issues and that's not the case of, yeah. well, well, jim what go ahead saying? sorry i was just saying that's it's interesting because that's not the case here well, that's that's where I'm getting with this is yep. that that regardless of the the moral kind of questionality of where LIV Golf is getting its money from, because that's a whole like part of the, that that story, they are not going to fail because they don't have enough money. That that's what's really interesting about this is they have the oh, financial resources to challenge the PGA along with they have taken golf in a in a new format. That it, they argue is more interesting to watch, and they're also what is the format. I'm not familiar with the different format. So it, it's it's a it's a I don't have it right in front of me, uh, Tim. Um, but it's a much shorter season. I believe it's only it, it's it's a shorter season. Uh, there it's team based, so you play in kind of a team format. There's uh, only three three rounds per tournament, so only 54 holes. Uh, no cuts. Everything is a shotgun start. Whatever that means, they say that ensures faster play. Let me tell so you what that it's means. All about speeding up the game. Can I tell you what that means here? Uh, yeah. Instead yeah. of everyone starting on hole one and taking their turns, shotgun starts 
um, the reason for shotgun is so they can hear you, but you don't need that nowadays. That's in the old days. Someone goes to every tee, um, and 18 people start at the same time from different holes. Got it. It's a great story. Hey, Tim, we got another call. We're running out of time here. Thanks. Thanks. You're on the line. Turn your phone down. It's down. (laughs) Although I'll turn my radio down, not my phone. But I just want to tell you guys, it's a great show. It's fun hearing about all this. But after hearing Brittany Griner mentioned a couple times, I just had to call in and say why I think that it is a very instructive sports story for 2022. And it's because it's such a clear indication of athletic privilege. Mm-hmm. If you look at Mark Fogel, for example, he's a teacher at the International School in Russia. He got arrested coming into the back into the country with a small, a very small amount of medical marijuana, which he had a prescription for, for chronic pain. He's been there for quite a while now, and he's never been declared unjustly detained, although it's the same crime that Brittany Griner got arrested for. And nobody's traded a big-time arms dealer for him to get him out, the arms dealer that the, the movie Lord of War was actually made about, who used to sell weapons all over the world to both sides of conflict. We turned that guy loose and for somebody, and he wrote a letter to his sister. He got 14 years for 17 grams, or just over half an ounce of medical marijuana. And, uh, and he felt like, you know, so once he, he heard about the prisoner squad shot, swap this summer he wrote a letter to his wife and he goes it hurt he goes uh he thinks that teachers are at least as important that is a direct quote as basketball players and if you think about it they ought to be it's just a sad commentary that they're not it's it's athletic privilege is a real thing i'm sorry to end your thing on sort of a down note but, you know, if you're an athlete, sounds good for you. It's, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think it's it's impossible. It was impossible for that part of the story to not be a part of the story, right? And, and regardless of whether you think it's right or wrong that athletic privilege exists or, or those like that, that part of it, regardless of that, it was impossible not to observe this story and admit that it's a thing. That, it, that, that athletic privilege is a real thing. Hey, listen, yeah, we got... I've had people tell me it's a myth. Oh, right. no, athletes are persecuted and this, that, and the other thing. I go, that. <laughs> when the big cases hit the news, we see what happens. Hey, listen, thanks for the call. Um, great. I'm, I'm really glad you snuck in here on the, the first show of the year. That, that That's a good perspective. We got another call. Let's get one more in before the end of the show. Hello, you're on the air. Hi. Um, my name is Dan, and I'm the least likely person to ever call a sports calling program, but I had to. Hello. So, um, yeah, listen, I'm calling because a woman, you talked to a woman recently, and she talked about uh, a dispute at the Beijing Olympics of 2022 that was just resolved. But that is not the last uh, issue for that Olympics. And for many people, this is the biggest story of 2022 in the sports world. So you may remember uh, uh, for the Beijing Olympics, that was before uh, the Russians invaded Ukraine. So they were there at the Olympics, and they had a stellar uh, figure skating team uh, headed by a 15-year-old uh, phenom named uh, Kamila Valieva. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, she, prior to the Olympics, she had broken all of the records in figure skating, not by small amounts, huge amounts, in the six months leading up to the Olympics. And she was considered by everyone the number one um, uh, person to get the gold medal for women's figure skating. And indeed, uh, the team event was first, and uh, Camila performed wonderfully, as did her team. And they won gold, and U.S. won the silver, and probably the Japanese bronze. But then, uh, right in that, uh, the very next day, uh, it came out that she had a positive doping test for some sort of medication, which um, it's, uh, uses a heart medication for older people having heart problems. And that whole issue of who actually is going to uh, win the team medals is still not decided. So that was one thing. The second thing is, and this is my humble opinion, I'm a figure skating freak. I love figure skating. I've been following Camila Valiegas since she was 13. I've never seen anything like it. She was like a prima ballerina and an incredible athlete combined into one figure skater. And... Um, my feeling about this doping scandal, they have a protection clause. Any athlete under 16 uh, will not be automatically um, disqualified because of uh, a banned substance because they feel they're too young. They're like children. And I see, for Camila, I have no idea why she would put a substance in her body because she had no other dirty drug tests and she was breaking all the world records by huge amounts and so this whole thing always makes me wonder if uh somebody didn't um you know give her something on the sly you know in a drink or in some food caller, but anyway, I've, got to, caller I've got to go we're, we're out of time this yeah, is, but this I, is a great this is a good story. story i remember reading about this in the olympics this has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.